Support for this podcast is provided by Alchemy Interactive, the next generation in one-way digital video interviewing. See your candidates eye-to-eye before you meet them face-to-face. Alchemy Interactive enables you to promote at your employment brand in the candidate market, ensuring candidates remember you, your culture and diversity. So positively impact your screening efforts with a direct ROI by contacting Alchemy today. Visit alchemy.com, that's A-L-C-A-M-I.com. We help you pinpoint top talent faster. Boom. Welcome to Tarpod, the podcast for everything talent acquisition and recruitment. We're informative, controversial, and a little bit crazy. Now, please join your hosts and industry leaders, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Tarpod. It is day four of COVID-19 isolation. I'm Craig. And I'm Lauren. And today joining us in our makeshift studio on my dining room table <laughs> is Jane Bianchini, the CEO of Alchemy Interactive, this month's wonderful sponsor and wielder of swords. Welcome, Jane. <laughs> How are oh, you? Thank you. Good. Thank you both for having me on in this new era we find ourselves in virtual working. And I think it, I've been looking forward to this because I've been going stir crazy and I get an opportunity to talk to someone else like I could pretend <laughs> they're, they're in the room with me for once without being a 10 and a 12-year-old. I know. <laughs> My house is just full of adults. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that meme that went around the other day that said this homeschooling thing's not going so well? Two kids have been suspended and the teacher's been sacked for drinking on the job. <laughs> so that's my, There's some my really good ones, actually. There was a woman um, with a glass and she was teaching her kids fractions. Yeah. Of what, with oh, wine. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my yeah. favourites. Yeah, that's brilliant. Oh. But yeah. welcome. And we've been, you know, been looking forward to talking to you for a long, long time. I know. And what we always do when we have someone on for the first time is we want to get an understanding of your background a bit. So, Jane, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into this wonderful, wonderful world of recruitment and now over into sort of HR tech? Wow, what a big question to start <laughs> off with. He does have a three-sound uh, effect rule as well. And how well. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, well, let's go back in time. Yes, so, let's. So I, uh, I actually started my career in London as a IT infrastructure project manager, <clears throat> working for a consulting firm called Sprint in London wow. and working on some very large infrastructure projects. So I'm going back quite a few years now. I'm talking Windows 311, migrating um, off DOS. Sure, and, you're, uh, you're, not that old. you're not 32, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> 31. <laughs> no, at <laughs> a, a, a decade on that at least. So I started there and then came back um, home to Australia and had worked alongside um, Ben Anderson Consulting or now Accenture in mm-hmm. London on these projects. Wow, I really like these guys. So I knocked on their door and said, can I come in and um, have a chat? And they went, yeah, of course. So at that time, I had one degree left on my psych um, undergrad and uh, they said they were only taking people who had finished degrees despite the fact that I had Ooh. a solid three three years of working experience. And so they said, but we've got this, this kind of little business over here called Anderson Contracting, uh-huh. um, which then turned into diversity, which then ultimately got sold to uh, Tom McLeod, I think. 
Uh, and um, they said, why don't we park you there while you finish your undergrad and then we'll move you into consulting. And, and that's literally how I fell into recruitment and was given uh, the best desk uh, with the worst portfolio of having to um, go and fill a million bucks in New South Wales state government contracts. And so, Jeez. So, uh, so I did that and then I was headhunted to go and start a what we would now call a staff augmentation business, but we, we wouldn't have called it back then, part of a, um, a project management consulting firm. So again, started from zero and built that up to a $2 million desk, which then got sold to um, Morgan and Bank. So continued on my career, their, their changes in evolution uh, that moved into TNT Hudson and then mm-hmm. Hudson. Then got approached to go and work with um, Ambition. We started to build out their technology division. And then the call came through from, um, at the time, the chairman of a company that used to be called Candle uh, and went to Clarius. And uh, I thought I'd done something wrong because he was also the president of the industry association at the time. <laughs> and he said, look, you know, we'd love to have a chat with you. Do you want to throw your hat in the ring to become um, CEO? So I just oh. finished my M- MBA and went, oh, God, why not? So threw my hat in the ring and, and got the gig and, and ran Candle during their heady height of their time where, you know, we were winning big star awards, yeah. not even entering. And, you know, we had consultants lining up all the way around the street and wanting to come work with us. We, you know, we, we, we had a, a very, we had our time in the sun. So, um, and I look, I remember at one point sitting in a very, very large bank saying to me as CEO, James, congratulations again, you're our number one supplier. And, you know, green light on all the, the KPIs. They've never had a supplier manage to achieve it at the level that you're you're attaining. Wow. But we need to talk about price. And I went, yeah, okay, <laughs> of course, let's talk about price. And so, of course, they said, well, you know, reduce your margins by 10% and we want to change these warranties, indemnities, liabilities, and ability to transition contractors. Uh, and I went, no. And they went, well, you can step aside because our number two supplier would be delighted to be number one and and I kind of, you know, I signed that contract, and <laughs> but I walked back and went. Um, I realised at that point that you know he or she who has the most amount of power has the least amount of um, care, and so I had all care and no power and signed it. But I thought at that point, with this very large bank that we were supplying to, was not the only company that was asking us to reduce, reduce. So mm. I found this systemic problem of um, reducing margins, increasing costs in the business. And, uh, and I went about going, right, well, I'm just going to ask everyone to stop face-to-face interviewing because we've got to get more throughput with less finite resources. Right. So I think, um, and a few other um, very large recruitment agencies at the time started to do the same thing. And, of course, the service to our clients started to become degraded and then industry um, organisations started to build their own quasi-internal talent team. Yep. And the, the, the supply of candidates, you know, siphoned off and, and started to line up outside the front door of, of organisations. So these very, very talented and expensive search consultants that were brought internal to do great things for their own companies instead of paying agencies started to become phone jockeys. And mm. so I realised that the, the problem probably, you know, about six, eight years ago, there was there was a, the, the plates in the recruitment world were starting to shift and there was a big problem that was about to, to occur on the horizon. And that was, first of all, the advent of technology and how technology was starting to um, creep into the, the wonderful world of recruitment. Yep. You know, everyone thought that when LinkedIn arrived that it was going to kill agency land. Well, you know, 50 or more percent of LinkedIn's revenues come from agencies. So that mm. didn't happen. They thought job boards were going to kill 
Well, no, that didn't happen. But the way organisations, whether it be agency or whether it be internal, really, you know, six, eight years ago, started to wake up to, uh, you know, a brand new reality of the um, the innovations that can be brought with technology. And so I looked at the, the recruitment value chain and looked at what parts of that recruitment value chain were left to be innovated. Yeah. And there was this invisible piece, the screening piece, that was the most challenging, the uh, the most subjective, but the most critical part of, of a recruitment process. And so that's when I started to go, look, the problem is actually in phone screening. It's not, it's not the face-to-face because we can record those accurately and we've got recollection because we've seen people and we've got interview notes and structure and organisations would often refer back to the face-to-face interview notes and never the screening notes. And, mm. you know, I could see that, you know, if a recruiter was happy or hungover, it would determine who gets to the front door. So there needed to be something in in that space. And so in the hence, agency um, world, how many times did we turn up hungover? <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, um, so hence um, Alchemy Interactive was born. Wow. That's a, a nice journey and it sort of dovetails right into to what you're doing now, which is, you know, Alchemy Interactive has really sort of come to the fore uh, over the last few years. Uh, I first saw you guys at a – where was it? It was at the ATC about two years ago. It was the first yeah. time that I saw yeah. you guys. And, uh, you know, you've really – found your niche and your spot within talent acquisition as well as agency over the last couple of years and and expanding at a rapid rate and and in that time I'm guessing that some of the roles have have probably changed or the or the stuff that you're seeing coming through your platform might have evolved so why don't you tell us a little bit about that Craig that's a really good question because uh, we certainly have seen uh, just you know this this new category in the marketing video interviewing really it's really arrived now and where it played beautifully into graduate or bulk recruitment. Uh-huh. We're, we're seeing um, now the use cases are so wide and varied, not only use cases, but in terms of jobs on the platform. I mean, we're using over um, 20 countries and we're seeing everything from federal law enforcement, dog handlers, to um, marketing managers, to fingerprint forensic analysts, to um, big HR advisors, truck drivers, warehouse managers, um, talent pathway coordinators, betting officers, like you name it. We're wow. seeing it. We're seeing roles on the platform that don't have, well, that have thousands of applications um, mm. or, or people being invited to take a video interview. But we're also seeing um, more and more p- uh, jobs that just have five people apply to a job. And we're getting, you know, in excess of 85, 90% across the platform return rates of um, of all jobs. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so how it's, many uh, screening interviews could someone actually go through in a day using your pa- platform? Kind of how long the piece of strings because it depends okay. on um, how long, how many questions that you would set up uh, for an interview and how long you give each question, mm. uh, how long you give each candidate um, per question time to answer. So, but to, to, to illustrate as an example, we had one of our cherished clients is a global law firm and they used uh, video interviewing and went out competitively to the market at the same time as their main competitor who doesn't use uh, video interviewing. Mm. And they screened about 1,000 applicants in uh, about eight hours. Wow. Um, and we're, we're on the phone, which would have taken them over two and a half weeks. So instead of, you know, so, so they were basically on the phone talking to candidates, the top candidates that they had preferred, whilst 
the other firm most likely would have just been still reading CV. So we, we see a five-fold increase in productivity. Great number. One of the, I suppose, most difficult aspects, as well as one of the most boring for, for people who don't understand, is the integration piece, I guess. So where, mm-hmm. with, with your platform, so with Alchemy Interactive, mm-hmm. Do you? Where do you come into the process? So, let, let's just give us like a I don't know a case study, but an example, say of a mm-hmm. of a larger organisation that you partner with 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 a talent acquisition mm-hmm. function. That so a, a a job brief comes to them via a hiring manager, and then mm-hmm. when they're working in conjunction with you, how do, what's the what's the process? So where do, where do they go from there? So um, once we're live and integrated in their, their world, and, and our integrations vary from deep and rich integrations mm-hmm. where it's effortless and seamless, and they're not double handling information through to um, simply uploading contact details to send invite out and then pushing the results back to the system. So our integrations are, are wide and varied. But but the, the main step in the process is the candidates would come into the uh, recruitment management system. Yep. Then a, a TA specialist would go through and review which, which candidates they would like to invite to the next stage and typically that would be a phone screen Mm -hmm. so instead of phone screening it would be click uh, invite to video interview and then the the video interview gets sent out to candidates and then once the candidates have completed their video interview they come back into the system and there's a typically a little uh, icon of a camera um, that says that's been completed Uh, and at any stage you can see well how many's been invited how many's been completed um, and how many's been evaluated they can then um, share that through the system with their hiring managers. Uh-huh. Um, we're, we're seeing examples of saying, look, we're, we're part of the way through this. Here are our top three, here are our bottom three. Are we getting this right? So we're also seeing that, you know, with the use of sharing the videos with hiring managers in a, in a collaborative fashion, hiring managers' diaries tend to open a lot quicker yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> when they're seeing some great candidates. Um, and they're also hugely appreciative of the time that they're saving by not being in a room with candidates that just not going to fit that organisation uh, from a culture ad or from a, a technical specialist point of view. That's so true as well because I know how many line managers actually um, sort of come back and they know in five minutes that that person's not right but they just want to mm. be polite and keep interviewing them. <laughs> <laughs> so they waste half an hour of their day. With the video screening phase so that Alchemy provide, you know, ordinarily in the old days or, or prior to that when people are doing this manually and, and picking up the phone and going through a screening process, how are the candidates evaluated? Is it an automated evaluation or does the recruiter do that to, to transfer them through to the next phase after they've done the um, video screening? Yes. Yeah, so in our platform, um, we've really pushed the boundary with trying to minimise biases yeah. as much as we possibly can without dehumanising the process. So evaluators, first of all, in our platform, so say the three of us are on the evaluation or review panel um, because we know collaborate, collaborative hiring now is a thing because mm-hmm. we want more more diverse people looking at groups of candidates that's so not just through one person's lens as to selecting those people in an organisation. One a diverse group of people looking at candidates coming through. So, so I wouldn't be able to see, Craig, your evaluations and you wouldn't be able to see my, mine right. um, in terms of my responses. So we're minimising a bit of groupthink there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also um, have the ability to turn off the video per evaluator so that we can minimise appearance biases. We can also um, minim- we can mask the candidate's name to minimise any ethnic biases that one might have in terms of spelling of somebody's name. Right. 
software in, in beta with voice disguise to minimize the gender bias as well. So, so there's an, a, a wide range of things that you can do from an evaluation point of view to, to objectify the process. Um, to you can never eliminate bias; no. you can only minimise bias. Mm. And then at the end, because we weren't able to see each other's um, review comments or ratings, we can then go, okay, well, isn't that interesting? We all, through the different configuration that we chose for this job, all believe that these X number of candidates are the right people to take through to the next stage of the process. Wow! I bet you're busy, busy at the moment. Be a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say a lot of people picking this up now that we're all working from home. What I'm seeing is um, some very different use cases. Um, I'm, you know, I'm really blown away by the creativity of our clients in terms of um, not just using the platform in its traditional sense. And we know some businesses that start uh, quite often finish a very different location to where they originated from and, and pivoted somewhere along their journey. Um, but you know, we're we're seeing clients are using the platform to immerse people in their brand and and their, their diversity in their culture. But more broadly, they're using it for like full-blown interviews, so mm. setting up longer, more complex questions than an initial pre-screen. We're seeing them used for assessment centres. So, for instance, okay. where um, an organisation, if they're dealing with uh, an escalating situation, trying to assess how will a candidate respond to that. So they've got 30-second clips, um, then, then they'll ask the candidate, um, how would they respond to the situation? In the next clip, they'll, the, the situation would have escalated. So how would they respond to, to that situation? And then a third escalation point to see how is this candidate de-escalating and calming a situation? So we're moving online now in, um, in bulk. We've just stood up a, a pilot with one of the FANG companies and uh, doing that for post placement pulse check so wow. um, you know for instance you know the first question is something like you know the four pillars of our company or our core values are ABCD you know, what evidence did you see uh, what evidence of this did you see through the recruitment process and did this influence your decision to join us now that you're inside do you feel that these core values are, are being lived can you give us an example of either good or not so good ways that you've observed so this, um, this in your early days? So, so yeah. this is moving not just from a TA function but into the HR function for pulse checks and to see how the onboarding went, uh, their first six months, all of those types of things as well? All of those things, internal stuff, surveys, evaluations. Wow. Uh, we've actually now started to get inquiries about OH&S assessments. So, you know, here's a video of... Bane of my um, existence at the moment. (laughs) 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 I inherited it yesterday and I've been running around trying to do all of that stuff. It's just... Necessity is the mother of all invention, isn't it? And I guess with uh, the environment we're all living with at the moment, uh, your platform in development and an opportunity would be moving at a, at a massively rapid pace depend, um, compared to what your probably strategy was even a few months ago. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in these new worlds, um, you know, the only certain thing is change. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we, uh, because we are a very agile and nimble team with a very supportive board, we have adapted and pivoted and changed and building out some really great new feature functionality um, that supports this this new world that we find ourselves in. And Lauren mentioned that, you know, she's picked up OHS in the last couple of days and just before we went on online actually she was talking to me about it and said that, you know, sort of voiced her frustrations in a lovely little way that Lauren <laughs> does. Um, so so 
the, like I said, the new the new environment we're in, such there's going to be lo- <laughs> lots of such a wallflower. <laughs> there's going to be lots of people in in positions where they've had new responsibilities thrust upon them, and having to find solutions to doing this remotely in a more automated fashion. So, to speak to either yourself or people within your business, how in this day and age, and let's be honest, no, we can't have face to face meetings to do to mm. do demos or to do anything these days. So. Would, would you encourage people to sort of reach out to you directly or, or who else within the business to get an understanding of what you can actually support them with at the moment? Yeah, so look, uh, my term being slammed, um, as am I, but I um, I just mentioned this. I was on another uh, webinar interview yesterday and, mm. and I mean this sincerely and genuinely that uh, if anyone wants to pick up the phone or reach out to me on LinkedIn, then um, I'm very happy to have uh, a chat about Video, a non-sales, no agenda chat about video interviewing and to educate on the different types of providers out there because we're all doing great things to look at where video interviewing sits or where video in general sits within their, their business, what other use cases, um, and we're also where it doesn't work. We've got plenty of examples where it actually doesn't work. And, yeah, so if, if anyone wanted to hit me up, I'm more than happy to um, to talk and, and share some knowledge about all of that as well. That sounds interesting, the way it's evolved so quickly in the last month. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, hell, your head like, must be spinning. <laughs> two weeks ago seems like two years ago. Doesn't to, it? Uh, Doesn't to I me at know. The I can't wait till I mean, 2021 next week. <laughs> 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 Even last week, all we were talking about was toilet paper, and that's just gone and been forgotten now. And we're at the next level, well, the next level, the next we level. We actually have some podcasts that we've recorded last week that are just basically obsolete now. Yeah, because mm. everything's moved so mm. quickly. Yeah, so we're just they're just throwing in the bin. But uh, yeah, that's just the way we're moving so quickly. But I have got a question yeah. for you, Jane. A, a quite a serious question. How do I learn how to take the top off a champagne bottle with a saber? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you do lessons on that? Now, there you go. That's a video webinar right there on instructional how to do this. Probably the most fascinating thing I've ever seen at a conference. Bloody good, well, actually. For, those, <laughs> for your listeners that perhaps hadn't seen that to give them some context, we were at uh, RecFest uh, last year and uh, one of our giveaway prizes out of a draw was to learn how to take the top off the bottle of a champagne with a saber, which is a champagne knife, actually. Mm. Um, and um, no plug intended, but um, <laughs> the one that I use is, is a George Jensen. It's the perfect gift to give someone who has everything, by the way. <laughs> to give people a visual, if you've watched that Cameron Diaz movie, the, the name escapes me when they're in uh, Vegas and she does that. That's basically what face champagne sabering. <laughs> Uh, is so I learned that in Mauritius actually a couple of years ago at a, at a French resort there but it's actually much easier than you think so well I'm considering getting I'm considering just going to get a case of, case of passion pop and a sword and just practice <laughs> yeah just, just use a juice box and just pop it but I, I, you, you, you probably oh you wouldn't be aware of this Jane but when you did that, I sort of thought, oh, I'm, I'm really, I want to get this and I want to video it. And so I ran up right to the front with my and knelt down with my <laughs> iPhone and put it on super slow-mo. And as you popped it, the cork came towards me and smashed me in the leg. And it's re- a really good no. video. Really good video, actually. It is. We could actually <laughs> pop that online. I know. I'll have to find it. Yeah, yes. I've got it somewhere. Oh, so. I'd love to see it. Yeah. But look, 
um, thanks so much for joining us today. And we know mm. that uh, all of our worlds have been turned upside down. So the way we're all working mm. is very different from what we were even a few days ago. And, and it's fantastic that, that you've said that anyone can contact you in a non-salesy environment. And I think that's yep. um, as a industry, if you like, I think a lot of people are banding together and, and saying we want to provide support because, mm. you know, we a lot of people aren't talking about it, but there are um, jobs that have been lost in the talent acquisition function, in the recruitment function primarily because a lot of people in a lot of areas aren't recruiting, but there are areas and pockets that are still so, so busy and these people have been putting under more pressure. So if we can share stories, um, share our expertise and actually just be at the other end of a phone when people need us to have a chat, I think that bodes well for what yeah. for the whole industry coming out of this time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Zoom, as I think the rest of the world is. And, wow, I wish I had shares in that company. But, uh, oh, no. you know, I looked at their share price <laughs> over the last six months yesterday. Whole, you'd make, oh. If you had bought six months ago and what it was selling yeah. for two days ago, you would have made 100 bucks per share. Whew. Yeah, well, I'm hoping uh, that's, you know, the valuation of our company to get <laughs> yeah. as well. But, um, but um, look, you know, uh, and I like the rest of us. You know, I'm sitting at my kitchen table. Um, I've got the kitchen in the background. It's real. It's authentic. It's human. Mm. Uh, I'd prefer a Zoom call than a phone call just so I can see people. Um, and, you know, you, what you lose on the phone, you, um, you certainly gain in micro-messaging of people's faces and intention gets translated a lot easier. So, And that's the same with video interviewing. But, um but yeah, I'd be more than happy to um, help anyone out there that, that um, needs some information. Well, th- thanks for that so much, Jane. And we look forward to catching up with you whenever we can to knock the top off a bottle of champagne and get stuck in. Can't bloody wait. I might come out of retirement <laughs> and start drinking again. <laughs> But I look forward to that day as well. <laughs> I tell you, I bet t- I'm yeah. By the end of this week, I'm going to go stir crazy. <laughs> It'll be mental. Send me a Zoom link. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just want me. Well, you want to watch me unhinge, don't you? <laughs> I'm seeing it happening. I've seen it. I'm, I'm seeing it I've unfolding seen it. in front of me right now again. <laughs> Oh, look, Jane, thanks for joining us today. And I'm just, as we, as my pod husband just said, can't wait to see you in person. Yeah, me too. We take care. Stay safe, guys. Have a sanitised day and uh, keep the faith because we'll get through this and we'll come out as a, as a industry, as humanity, uh, stronger. Absolutely. All right, Jane. Well, right. thanks for coming and it's a goodbye from me, everyone. And a goodbye from me and we'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Today's podcast was brought to you by the good people at Alchemy. Alchemy's on-demand digital interviewing application connects job seekers directly with your company. See your candidates eye-to-eye before you meet them face-to-face. And to get your demo, visit alchemy.com. That's A-L-C-A-M-I.com. We help you pinpoint top talent faster and tell them Tarpod sent you. Thanks for listening to Tarpod. Please don't forget to subscribe and look out for upcoming podcasts. I actually had to remove a guy who commented on one of our posts because uh, he had lost his sense of humour. Why? Oh, How he, are people losing their sense of humour? Oh, he said, it really shouldn't be making fun of it's this in these left. times and blah, 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 blah. And I thought, you know what, I'm not no, going to get into get a keyboard a argument with you, dickhead. Remove. Uh. <laughs>